This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. What's so interesting and what's so powerful about breathing and breath work and using it as a tool is it gives us control. How can we start to rewire the way that we're actually thinking and feeling on a deeper level? And what do, what do I mean by that? Is working with some of these patterns and beliefs. Why am I... Um, stressed in certain situations? Why am I feeling certain ways? Why am I triggered in different ways when somebody else isn't? Oh, guys, I'm pretty emotional right now. <laughs> How are you feeling? Uh, I think I need a moment. <laughs> oh, that brought up a lot for me, Stuart. Shit. That's why it's real. Welcome back to Redefine You, where we have open and honest conversations with friends of mine in the industry to explore their ownership to self and mental well-being journey. I'm so excited to talk to our guest today, Stuart Sandyman. He is a breathwork expert, a judo black belt, and a peak performance coach. He's the founder of BreathPod, and he delivers powerful coaching and breathwork sessions that break through negative habits, beliefs, and patterns to move into a state of learning, development, self-awareness, growth, and most importantly, flow. He's now hosting his own show called Decompression Session on Radio One, and I'm so excited to learn from him today. Welcome to our show, Stuart. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, so it's such a pleasure to be here, Haley. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, I've just adored you from the day that we met. We actually met at the beginning of COVID and you really opened up breathwork to me in a different and bigger way. I want to ask you one question before we start, which I ask every single person. If you were to check in with yourself right here, right now, what would you find? Ooh, going straight, straight in there with a great question. Straight in. If I was to check in with myself, what would I find? I find lighthearted fun. Lighthearted fun. Yeah, I'm feeling that kind of lighthearted fun. The sun has come out today uh, oh. in London, which is a first. Um, I think you brought the sunshine with you. Oh, so I'm well. feeling, yeah, that's what, if I checked in right now, it would be kind of lighthearted and fun. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Well, I can't wait for our listeners to actually start to learn more about why you got into breathwork, the importance that it has with the way that we think, we feel, and how powerful of a tool it actually can be and accessible. I think that's what people forget. It's one of the most accessible tools that you can have in your toolbox. You can use it anywhere, anytime, and it's a great way. At the end of this episode, guys, if you're listening right now, Stuart will be guiding us into a 10-minute trigger alarm breathwork session. It'll help you use this tool whenever you feel triggered by a challenging event. But let's start here. On average, we breathe 20,000 times a day, and most people are unaware that it actually can affect the way that we feel and think. So we need to start from the beginning. How did Stuart get into breathwork? 
it's funny because it's not something I ever thought I'd be doing. Um, sharing that fact that we breathe 20,000 times a day. I never thought about one of those breaths um, at all until a bit, like a lot of people, when you find a tool that really, really helps and really supports you, you end up wanting to shout about it and share it with others. And so that certainly was the case for me. I had a bit of an experience that made me look for answers and, and the answers came with the way that I was breathing, which is sounds mm. quite vague, but hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll dig under the, under the bonnet a little bit deeper with this. But yeah, I, I found it completely by accident. Uh, I took my mum for Mother's Day to a breathing workshop. Yeah. That is as far as I thought about breathing. Uh, my mum's into yoga and I just thought breathing, yoga, mum, Mother's Day, tick, tick, tick. Um, but I'd actually <laughs> been, through quite, <laughs> I'd been through quite a challenging time. I, I was touring as a musician, as an artist, as a DJ. And my girlfriend had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm. So I'd spent uh, sort of 18 months looking at all different tools, very conventional medicine, all the amazing alternatives out there and really searching for something that would support her and me and everyone involved in that um, challenging time. And sadly, she passed away. She didn't actually make it um, as, as expected by the doctors, although we were kind of ever the optimist. I thought we might um, have a different result. So I was, I was grieving quite heavily, but not really in a nice way. I was pretty down, pretty angry, pretty guilty. Should I have gone left instead of right? All these different things start compounding when you're, when something doesn't really go the way and it's so non-negotiable, like, like grief. And lo and behold, I took my mum for Mother's Day to that breathing workshop. She, to do something nice for her, like she'd been there for me through that whole, the whole time. And it just blew my socks off. <laughs> I mm. thought, whoa, either I've gone completely bonkers um, because what just happened in that 90 minute session, I felt like I had um, reached a depth within me and something much bigger than me. I almost felt my girlfriend was there holding my hand through the practice. Yeah. So I, I left very confused and amazed and a bit um, like I just wanted answers. And I, I felt very... Um, there was a few different options. I thought to myself, I thought either I've gone mad, uh, either someone spiked my drink and they certainly did not seem the type to do that. Um, or there was a third option. Something was quite amazing just by using your breath in certain ways. You can access a, a level of depth um, in the human psyche that was very interesting to me. I'd been searching for a cure for cancer externally, trying to find this magic thing. And, and it sounds like the cliche, but there was this, breathing, um, that, that all of a sudden start to make sense. And I thought, wow, maybe this was something that we were looking for in the first place. That's how I got into breath work. It was certainly just something that I tried by accident with my mum. It really, 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 really helped me with the grieving process, but it didn't stop there. All of a yeah. sudden I was feeling much fitter, stronger, that, that little voice in my head began to become a lot kinder to me. And I started to notice just everything just seemed a bit brighter and a bit lighter. And, and the only difference was I was being very aware of how I was breathing. Um, I was doing a deliberate breathing practice daily. Um, and then I just, I just went, I thought, wow, why, why has no one ever taught me to breathe? Um, <laughs> so 
it's such a simple thing. It's the first thing we do and the last thing we do. Um, and then throughout our life, it's just like this air dances in and out of our body in different ways. And each way makes us feel a little bit different. So that was me. I thought, all right, I need to find out a little bit more about breathing because that's ultimately what we're all doing here. Um, and nobody's ever told me how to do it, what to do it. And I, I came from quite a sporting background as well. And, and even then at to quite a high level, um, you said at the beginning, a judo black belt, but I used to compete and, and do a lot of, lot of judo, uh, left school to pursue it as a yeah. career. And, and nobody taught me to breathe there either. And it just, there was, so there was every level of my life. I thought, wow, there's, there's something called breathing here and I've not really explored it. Well, you know, let's go back to being a judo black belt for a second, because you did compete in a lot of amazing different, you know, things. And I want to talk about the power behind mindset and being an athlete and how maybe that guided you into breathwork and how something probably clicked inside you when you did do that session, because you probably were open to trying to train your mind in a specific way and now having the control through breath work felt more comfortable and valuable to you. Well, I think every, everyone's life experiences, whatever you do in your life will create the you that you identify with. And, and for me, that was, I was on a judo mat at four years old. So oh, from wow. a very young age and, um, of course that it's a competitive sport. You, you end up striving to to win or be the and that's in some ways that's that's great in other ways that's really negative and, and quite quite a um a, a challenging aspect to work with but yeah I, I feel like what that practice did is I mean judo there is a lot of discipline there's a lot of mindfulness you don't you don't breathe you don't necessarily meditate but there's um it's it's, I mean, the direct translation for the sport is the gentle way. Uh, mm. That's what judo means. And, and uh, to have this martial art. I'm like, that, yes, that teach is, me. Cause I am not somebody who is fast in judo at all. I'm saying it incorrectly from the start. So please tell me more and more. Yeah, so I think any, any discipline, any sport certainly um, is, is a great way for people to understand themselves and their capabilities and maybe push themselves um, further than they would um, if they weren't. Um, in that space. So yeah, I think it certainly instilled a, a mindset. Um, but like I said, aspects of it were things that were, I guess, the downfall when I was actually grieving because mm. I'd, I'd built this notion of strength from a very young age, this notion of strength that I thought was a very good thing all my life. And it is in some, in some way, in, in a lot of ways, but I was on a judo mat, like I said, at four years old. My teddy bear was called Tough Ted. Big boys don't cry. Um, so there was these deep core beliefs that were ingrained in me from a very young age growing up in Scotland. Um, and it was that notion of strength that then became flawed when I was grieving because I couldn't access um, what I needed to access because I hadn't allowed myself to be vulnerable. So when I was trying to grieve, it was manifesting as anger, anger at me, um, guilt, shame. Um, a lot of negative traits were coming up because I didn't know how to actually say, no, it's okay to, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel, it's okay to be emotional. Um, so that's, that was for me, the big, big learning actually through breath work was, was, was the tool that I used to actually access that feeling and emotion and let go of some of 
those old patterns and beliefs and systems mm -hmm. that had built from me from that young age. Um, that had been this notion of strength, this big boy that doesn't cry, the go-getter, go out there and get that um, competitive. Um, but that was, that was the first time it really called me out. I thought, actually, this doesn't always work. I need yeah. to find another way. And there's, and, and understanding that it, the, the notion of strength can come with being vulnerable and being okay and understanding your emotions and letting go of control, um, and allowing yourself to feel there's actually more strength in that. And that was the big lesson for me through this whole grieving process. But it was, yeah, it was, it was breath work that allowed me to, um, access that feeling. Let's tap in now to breath work and the relationship that it has with our physical and our emotional states. Can you tell us a little bit more about that for somebody who may just think that breath work is just breathing, how it can actually really shift our energies throughout our bodies? Mm, yeah. Firstly, the nice thing is it is just breathing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's completely right. But it's bringing conscious awareness to our breath and moving it away in which we want to create a result that we wish to have. Um, so what I mean by that is our breathing triggers us into different, well, if you even backtrack at a very, very basic, basic anatomy level, our breathing is, is an exchange of energy in our body. Mm -hmm. our, our cells needs, um, to be fueled and they're fueled by glucose and, um, Oxygen, they combine to create electricity in our, in our, in our cells and they create carbon dioxide, which is removed. So if we started jumping up and down, doing some star jumps, the demand for that exchange is going to increase. So you're going to breathe a bit faster. Your heart rate is going to go up to meet that demand, to get more energy to your cells and remove more of the carbon dioxide. So that's mm. very basic stuff that most people listening will be like, yeah, I get it. That's obvious. Um, where it gets exciting is what you talked about there, the, the feeling, because our breathing does, it does it all by itself. It's, it's happening all, all day long unconsciously mm -hmm. and it jumps in, it overrides our, our mind overrides our breathing response to speed up, to basically get us out of danger. It's this fight or flight response, our fear response. So our nervous system clicks into gear to get us out of danger. So if we see a threat in our environment or through our senses, anything we pick up, we might trigger that breath from our brain, triggers our breath, our breath then triggers us into action and we get out of danger. In that sense, that, that fear, that stress response is like our best friend in the world. Yeah. You step out onto the road and weren't looking where you're going and a car was coming for you, you'd <gasps> big gasp of air, jump back onto the pavement, back to safety. So very positive. But when we are navigating our lives at the moment, life can get pretty stressful. And it's that same response that's happening in our minds. So it's no longer the, just the environment around us, which could be triggering this as well, but it's the stressful thoughts. Yeah. Now the stressful thoughts trigger the stressful breath pattern because the brain thinks we're under stress. It does not know the difference between the, the tiger in the room and the tiger in the head. It triggers the same response. So that's in essence what's happening with our breath. We, it's, it's switching us on or it's switching us off. And it's that binary, which is super interesting. So we can use our breath to charge ourselves up, get energy, um, we're going to create stress. And I know that sounds 
silly when we all want to get rid of stress, but we can create positive stress in our body with our breath, or we can go the other way. We can reduce stress. We can calm ourselves down into our parasympathetic, our rest, digest mode. What's so interesting and what's so powerful about breathing and breath work and using it as a tool is it gives us control. Because mm. all of a sudden we're not, not having to live on this autopilot of our brain that's maybe triggering a response that isn't necessarily conducive to what's actually happening. So maybe you're feeling really stressed before a meeting or a date or whatever it is. Something's triggering that. Public speaking is a big one for people. Mm. The thought is, oh my God, what? I'm not prepared enough. I'm going to forget my lines. So all these thoughts start ruminating in our mind, usually about the future or maybe about the past. Oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. And it triggers our breathing to breathe. It constricts our breathing pattern. It becomes short and shallow, which triggers us into feeling. So we have this loop happen, thinking happening in our mind, feeling happening in our body. And the main contributor to that is the way that we breathe. And when they match, when you match your thinking and your feeling, we create the state of being that you're in. So you might say, I'm feeling stress or I'm, I'm in a state of being of stress. Well, that's because of a stressful thought and a stressful feeling. Yeah. Now we can jump in and override that. Yes, we can work with our mind and, and there's lots of ways, a therapist, a coach, NLP, all these different mind tools, the tricks and tools we can learn. But it can be a complicated road, just working with the mind. With our breathing, we can jump in very, very quickly and take back control. So we can turn mm. our stress to calm. We can turn our overwhelm to balance. We can turn our fatigue to energy. So we have this very helpful way of, of starting to regulate how we feel in any moment just by a understanding a little bit of awareness about how am I feeling in this moment and also how am I breathing in this moment, taking control of that, changing it, moving it, whatever way you want to go so that you can get a different result. So that is one aspect of breathing and breath work, mm. I guess, very functional and it's super handy to have some tools like that on your tool belt, just because life happens and, and to manage how you feel, how you, um, how your day is going and um, taking back control and less and let, instead of letting the day control you really, really helpful. Now there's another layer beneath that, which is certainly where I work, um, and there was that first introduction to breathing and breath work mm. is actually working a little bit deeper. How can we start to rewire the way that we're actually thinking and feeling on a deeper level? And what do, what do I mean by that is working with some of these patterns and beliefs. Why am I um, stressed in certain situations? Why am I feeling certain ways? Why am I triggered in different ways when yeah. somebody else isn't? Now, when we kind of look at, look at these systems, if you like, it all comes back to belief systems. It all comes back to core beliefs. I shared some of mine, big boys don't cry, mm -hmm. being on the judo mat at four years old, um, teddy bear called tough Ted, all these different things that created this notion of strength. And we all have different belief patterns that we learn from that young, young age between zero and seven, when we're really programming um, how to interact with the world. Now, a lot of this stuff is held in our breathing patterns too. And um, best way to describe this, to make sense of this, I've talked about the tiger analogy. 
But if we switch that tiger for a moment for a dog, and if a dog came into your room right now, one of two things would happen. Either you'd get a very excited breath and your breathing would kind of go like this and you'd run off and you'd scratch the dog behind its ears and rub its belly. Or you'd get the fearful breath and you'd run to the other side of the room and get the fright of your life. So kind of like the tiger coming in the room. Now, even if it was identical twins, one might be scared, one might be excited. Mm. Now, what would make somebody, one person be scared of a dog and another person be excited by a dog? Life experiences. Well, life experiences, exactly. A reason to, a belief to, to create that um, trigger in our brain. Where our brain is fired and wired, we create this neural pathway link to say dogs aren't safe. Now that might come from a felt experience being barked at or nipped at by a dog down the street when you're younger, when you're three years old, four years old, and deciding there and then, dogs are not safe, I'm going to avoid them from now on. Mm -hmm. So the alarm bell goes off in the mind anytime they see a dog. That's a felt experience. We also have learnt experience. And that is Someone somebody else. Tell. Don't ever go near a dog, a dog's going to bite your hand off. And we all have learnt experience too, parents, school, society, role models, media, all these different things that are kind of imposing different ideas onto us. So we have, in essence, these dog barks and bites, and we all have them of various sizes. And, and it's like we're putting bricks in our bag from a, from a young age. We start our life, we take that first breath, and that first breath might be traumatic. I mean, it is actually traumatic for mm. most of us, that, uh, that first breath that we take, and, and for our mum as well. But... In that moment, usually that belief of, whoa, what's happened is kind of surrounded by love and, and support and nurture and, and care. And we go off on our life journey with an empty bag on our back. And it's through experience, it's through experiences felt and learnt that we start putting stuff in the bag. And it can also just be through repetitive thoughts as well. Chris, the same thing happening over and over that we create um, this this belief pattern, it's like our manual, our manuscript that we're going to live by as we get older. And if we keep on coming into running into trouble or if we keep on running into things in our life, it's likely we need to update that manual. And because a lot of this is stored when we're looking at the dog barks and bites, I know that's a very basic example, but I'm going to keep going back to that. Just no, to I love it. When we look at these examples, or when we go through those experiences, something special happens with our breath. It changes. So we hold and we store tension in our body and our breath through these experiences, especially fear, grief, even the good times. We start to, our breath changes. It's got a different rhythm, rate, and depth that is correlated to different feelings and emotions. So when we go through life experience and we have these moments that maybe we're fearful, maybe we have been bitten by the dog, we <gasps> hold on, we hold on to our breath. Our brain thinks it's the safe thing to do. And we often stop that life, the, that cycle, life cycle of the emotion, which believe it or not is, is, is said to take 90 seconds, 90 seconds to, to fully experience. Habit? No, no, to feel an emotion which is just wild. It was uh, Jill, Jill, I think Jill Bolt Taylor from Harvard, a brain scientist that said 
from feel, having the trigger to allowing it to feel or to try and dissipate through our body takes 90 seconds. Now that sounds super simple. We go, wow, I can just feel an emotion in 90 seconds and it passes, but we don't let it. We stop it. And the way that we stop the life, this 90 second cycle of emotion is by holding our breath. So we have this held, held tension to stop that emotion in its tracks. Now that could mm. be, give you some examples. Anger, what do we do? We hold our breath and we try not to punch something or someone. <laughs> or we um, hold our breath to stop the tears flowing because we feel it's maybe not appropriate to cry at this point in time. Or we hold back laughter by holding our breath because we shouldn't find something funny right now. So our breathing, as well as this tool to change the way we feel, we've actually started to learn and use it as a controlling mechanism to stop this natural cycle of emotion. And what that does is ends up creating tension in our body, physical tension in our body in our breathing cycle. And we, our breathing pattern then changes. So the signals that we're sending to our brain is that it's a different um, it's, it's almost like a skewed single si signal to what's actually happening in my environment because of these patterns, beliefs, these, these things that have happened in the past, that's just creating tension in the body. So as well as having these tools kind of backtrack with, with breath work, you have these amazing tools that you can use to regulate how you feel, but also we can use it in a deeper context to almost, um, reset the brain breath connection to let go of some of this held tension in the body, which is not just physical tension, but it's also emotional tension. And once we allow ourselves to free that emotional tension in the body, and it can be quite a cathartic release when this happens, um, when we allow ourselves to free that emotion, it's like we're just taking one of those bricks out the back. Well, it's like this authentic feeling towards yourself again, right? It's like the world society has told you how to feel with the way that you control your breath. But if you start to work on your breathing in a controlled aspect, you actually connect deeper to the connection of you and your authenticity, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes deeper than that because it's not just connecting to you. It's actually connecting to, I'm going to sound very mystical here, but no. it's actually connecting to all of life. Um, we are all breathing the same air yeah. and that's not just us breathing this air. It's not just humans. It's every animal, every plant, the oceans. It's like this web, this flow between us all, um, of just air. I breathe it in. It goes through my heart. It's pumped around my body. I breathe it out. And if somebody else breathes that air in, it blows my mind every time I think about it, because it really, when we think about it in that kind of macro scale, we are all this interconnected beings on this planet and, and it's through our breath that we connect. So not only are you allowing yourself when you start working with your breath and breathing, understanding your own system and understanding um, way, or using a tool to manage yourself in the moment, in the present moment, but also let go of some of that past stuff that we're carrying around because we all have it. Even the monks have a past Um and it becomes this really great regulatory tool, but it also gives us this um, way to actually reconnect to this bigger ecosystem of life. Uh, and that for me is, is certainly a really powerful aspect when we go through challenges on earth as uh, a species, 
that when we actually understand that we are all interconnected, all of life, all animals, all plants, the trees, uh, the oceans, everything, we we need this symbiotic relationship to mm. continue. Otherwise, we're going to be in some real murky water and we're already been heading that way. So it's it's a really powerful insight when people start connecting to their breath. Maybe they start off just with that simple thing, I'm feeling stressed and now I'm feeling calm. Mm-hmm. But the more they start working with it, the more they start connecting to that deeper ecosystem of life. And the more that you start appreciating um, both the beauty of of this breathing planet, but also the real frailty of, of, um, of life on this planet when we start having these shifts and changes happen, when we're, when we're chopping down trees for profit or, or polluting the oceans, or, I mean, it's, there's, you could read a whole list off of, of things that are happening in the world. Um, but when we start to understand that we start connecting back to ourselves, connecting back to our communities through breathing, um, it can be quite a powerful insight. I know that we talk a lot about the inner child when it comes to breath work and being able to navigate our emotions, but if we're really tapping into where we can identify where the trauma lives in our bodies, how can we do that? What's a technique that you would suggest to be able to understand how breath work can inflict on that? Yeah, so... Trauma is held in a body, first and foremost. It's it's held in different areas. And the nice thing about the cycle of breath is we can start to identify where that trapping has occurred. This might be really easy for some people and for others, they might think, whoa, what's he on about? That's how, how am I meant to know? But if we have our natural flow of breath. We've got our diaphragm working. We're breathing in and out through our nose. Um, it's this nice flowing cycle, belly rises. We're moving up the chest has this secondary expansion. Now where we have held tension in that cycle relates to different parts of ourself. And this is, I guess, taking a bit of a bridge between breath work and um, acupressure or even Chinese medicine, the meridian lines in the mm-hmm. body where we're holding tension and where the breath cycles um, kind of constrict it. So the obvious things would be, well, if we're not breathing in our chest, and that sounds a bit random because I know a lot of times we're trying to not breathe in our chest because it is the stressful pattern. But if we've not got this secondary expansion up into our chest, then something's closed down in our heart space. Um, so we're maybe not allowing ourselves to feel. And the reason I started with that one is that that was what I had. Mm. I, I, the big boy that couldn't cry. Yes, he was, I had a very great diaphragmatic breath. It was really, really grounded and I was here and, and solid, but I had no mm. flow up into my chest. And it wasn't until I opened into that space, I allowed myself to access this feeling of emotion that I'd tried my best not to feel throughout my life. So there's different, different spaces of different, um, tensions. I often try and view the breath as like an anchor. So if we're anchoring our breath into our body, we want it to start nice and low. It's like the roots of the tree. And then from there, from that strong rooted breath, it can, it can kind of flourish upwards. And the, the tool, I guess, what people can go away with is trying to first understand well, what, what's happening with my breathing. Let's like at rest, am I holding tension in my breathing cycle? 
And what do I mean by tension? Well, am I actually just breathing in my chest with no diaphragmatic flow at all? If you are, the likelihood is you're going to be feeling a little bit more anxious than somebody that's not. You mm-hmm. might not be feeling grounded. Uh, there are lower um, navel points, et cetera, so like our will as well. So if we're not breathing down into our will space, we're not going to maybe feel strong-willed. Um, so there's these different aspects and we can get quite... Um, quite prescriptive about where the tension's held. Like I shared, a bit like acupressure or, or even acupuncture, where, where we have these different points. So you can start to understand when somebody breathes, it's almost a mirror. It's like a snapshot of how they are in that moment. So if anyone's listening, if you're breathing short and fast all day long, it's likely your mind's going to feel a bit agitated and you might find it hard to sit down and rest and relax. If you're breathing super, super slow, well, you're probably a really calm, relaxed person. So that's the obvious basic thing. Now, what I always find interesting about this is we already know intuitively, we know intuitively all about this stuff. Mm. If I came on this call today and was like, oh, 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 Haley, um, oh, you'd be like, whoa, what has happened to Stuart here? <laughs> he's either run up the stairs or he's freaking out about something or whoa, just take a breath. So we, we already have this beautiful exchange intuitively as, as, a, as human beings. We know, we know if somebody comes in feeling flustered and, and is, their breathing's erratic. We might not even spot it at first. We think, oh, someone's posture is really off there. And if their posture is off, well, their breathing's going to be off. So we already do this. We yeah, do this. Take as my soon posture. As <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so these are things that we already do, and when we start to just look a little bit deeper, we can understand this in a bit more depth. Where am I holding tension? Does that mean um, is it the feminine side or the masculine side of the body? Are they forgiveness points? Do I need to forgive uh, a masculine figure in my life? Well, most of the time that will be your dad. So we can start to just paint quite an interesting picture um, very quickly by understanding why, where someone's holding tension in their body and how that is affecting their breathing pattern. Real quick, where is the feminine part of your body and the masculine part to be able to understand that? Yeah, feminine is your left side. Okay. And the masculine is your right side. So the, the the feminine side is receptive, it's kind of receiving, and the masculine side is, is more expressive. So we're split down the middle and each side mirror each other. So if it's our left, say, left side of our chest, that's our receiving love side. Our right side of the chest is actually about expressing love. Wow. Both, both sides were closed for me at that, that when I was grieving. Um, so we've got these different parts of ourselves and and... Even quick Google search, you can see where's tension points, acupressure points, and you can start looking at some of these charts, a lot of them through Chinese medicine or um, other ones through different practices. So there's lots lots to go and have a, a look at and, and start to do your own homework. Where do I hold tension? Might just be the obvious ones, sat at your desk all day typing emails or whatever, and what happens? Our posture pushes our shoulders up. We start to feel stressed and tense. Our shoulders start to feel tight and our breathing starts to get constricted again. We might have those days that you go, oh, I'm not even breathing while I'm working. And you're gasping for air every, every couple of minutes going, oh, I've not, I forgot to breathe again. So there's different cycles that we can start to identify. How am I breathing in different scenarios? How am I breathing at rest? How am I breathing when I speak to people? Am I 
hyperventilating or am I breathing slow? Am I breathing through my nose? How do I breathe when I run for the bus? Um, how do I breathe in all these different scenarios? And I like people just to get really curious about this stuff. How am I breathing and how am I actually operating? Like yeah. what, are the, what are the things that make me me? A lot of that stuff is the, your unique expression in this life. A lot of that stuff is maybe through this lens, these bags of bricks, the dog barts and bites. And once we start to shine some light on it, we can actually start making real positive changes in our life by understanding how we're operating in a mental space, but also how we're breathing because it's going to affect the way we feel. And do you feel obviously with our breath work, it kind of moves around the energy within our chakras and has a connection to our throat chakra? Yeah, I, I do run a practice actually that works up through the energetic points in the body. Um, each have different properties and it's linked to what I've been talking about, where the breath is held or where we're holding tension. Right. So certainly if we have blocked chakras, we're going to be um, experiencing maybe physical sensations in that space. You might get a sore throat. If you're, you're talking about the throat chakra, if we're not allowing ourselves to express or we're not, or we're always feeling that we're not being heard and being able to express ourselves, we might start getting a sore throat. Um, or it can be different points, the heart space or the solar plexus. Um, when we have tension in these different points, it might be to do with trust. It might be to do with um, points in our back are often related to guilt and, and these things as well. So yeah, there's loads of, loads of details we can start extracting and, and understanding. And I think the point of it is, is to become really curious and really aware, acutely aware of how am I feeling? We often kind of spend our days like this head, head on legs. We forget we've got this amazing body that's giving us feedback all day long. And I was just sharing with somebody the other day, um, if you don't listen to the whispers of the body, it will, mm. it will start to shout. And that's, if we start to get curious about how am I feeling? Like even just taking a moment to go, oh, how am I actually feeling right now? That might be physical. It might be emotional. You might actually, you know what? My shoulders are right up by my ears. Let's just drop them down for a second. Or maybe I need to get up off my chair and walk um, 10 steps, fix my posture and sit back down, take a couple of breaths. Real basic little interventions. But it's just having that moment to pause and say, how am I feeling? Do I need to change something right now? A really good place to start is your breathing. And all these other things can also add in. Have I got super tight jeans on that just making me feel uncomfortable? That's actually affecting my breathing cycle. It can be simple, simple things like this um, that are maybe making our, our breathing or our, our whole system be out of sync just because we've tried to put a certain clothing on or got a tight belt on that's just not actually comfortable and it's just forcing us to breathe in our chest. So lots of different things, but I think the, the key point in that is awareness, understanding yourself as best as you can. Curiosity is key, you know, and I think that it's a wonderful tool to have and a beautiful thing to have within your everyday life is to be curious about you, you know, be curious about the world and always be learning. But I think being curious about yourself is even more special and it allows you then to be more receptive to what's surrounding you and the life opportunities that are waiting to, to offer you.
I do want to go into, because we don't have much more time and I want to get into this breath work. We all go through triggering moments in our lives, challenging moments in which we may not know what tool to use. And I think after this wonderful conversation, anybody who's listening may be curious about this idea that breathwork is the tool for them, no matter where they are at any time, it's accessible. So let's get into this little breathwork session that we've promised everybody on this show today. For anybody who is listening, We will now be closing off this episode before our everyday questions on tapping into who you are, what makes you you with a breathwork session from Stuart. We're going to be focusing on a practice we can do if we start to feel triggered by a challenging event, calling this session trigger alarm. And if you have the ability to join us now or join us later, all you need is comfortable clothing, making sure you're sitting comfortably. And if you can try to turn off your notifications so you can take a moment to connect to you, please do. Again, if you can join us right now, please do. But if you are on the go, not to worry, come back to us later. Change comes through practice, which Stuart talks about beautifully. So Stuart, I will let you guide us from here after the amazing knowledge that you've just let us all in on the importance of breath work. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to go into a little bit of a flow, but before we did, there was just one thing that I, sometimes when we are triggered, there's two, two moments. There's the immediate moment when we are triggered that is super important. And then there's the kind of afterwards we can, we can use a tool. So the first tool I wanted to share just quickly, um, was kind of just segue into what we've been talking about. I often talk about recognize, breathe, reframe. And I just wanted to share this super quickly before we go into our practice, because this might be something you want to scribble down and just use as a really, really helpful tool. So recognize, that's what we've been talking about, awareness. How am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. So maybe you're feeling really super angry. You've had some upsetting news and you just want to shout and scream and throw your phone at the wall or text somebody a rude message. You say, right, I'm feeling angry. Well, I shared that that if we allow ourselves to actually let that 90 seconds pass and we can do that through breathing and it might just be what intuitively comes to you. <sighs> it might just be taking a deep breath, just taking a moment to breathe. And then the final thing with that, that I wanted to share was this reframing moment. Now, reframing is a really nice um, cognitive tool that at first you may want to just do this written notes, but over time you become better at doing it almost unconsciously. So reframing just happens with four questions. What happened to make me feel this way? That's the first one. Like, oh, well, I've just been stood up and I've waited all day for this person. And so we, we explain what happened. Is there an explanation that makes sense? That's the second question. You go, all right, well, potentially maybe there's been an accident and that person can't make it. Mm. The third question for reframing is what do I want to do about it? And this gives you an opportunity to let yourself acknowledge what you feel. So you say, oh, what do I want to do about it? I want to throw my phone at the wall. I want to text something rude. I want to shout and scream. The final question is that real turnaround. Is there a better way? And we ask, is there a better way? You know what? Yes. Usually there is a better way. So that's that my quick fire in the moment little tool and technique. 
So recognize what am I feeling right now? Taking that 90 seconds, that's all it can take to let the emotion dissipate. Breathe. And we're going to go into our breathing section in a second. And then reframe. What happened to make me feel this way? Is there any explanation that makes sense? What do I want to do about it? And is there a better way? So I wanted to share that just as a little add-on because it's just a tool that has helped me loads, kept me out of trouble quite a lot. So hopefully listeners, that, that's going to be helpful for you as well. And it's, it works for any emotion, not just anger or these other things, but just taking those moments to ask those questions. Very okay, useful. so let's go into our practice now as well. So for this... Just getting yourself comfortable. You can close down your eyes. We're just going to take this moment for for you. And I wanted to, us to start by just being aware. I've talked about this awareness quite a lot today. So just being aware, aware of the air in the room. air that passes through all of us and when we are triggered we often feel this sense of energy building up in our system we might react instead of respond so just taking a moment to pause to become aware. So we're just having that external awareness, feeling the air around us. How does that air feel? Can you feel the texture of the air? Can you feel the temperature of the air? And then let's start following that air. So following that air in through your airways. Maybe you notice a difference between the temperature of the air as you breathe in and the temperature of the air as you breathe out. And now just noticing, well, how am I breathing? How am I breathing right now? breathing my breathing in my chest is there any tension in my body what am I feeling so noticing how am I breathing and what am I feeling so we're starting with that just recognizing recognizing where I'm at right now wherever you're breathing and however you're feeling we're going to start deepening our breath together deepening our breath so we might want to put our hands on our lower belly so we can feel it rise and fall and when I say deepen our breath we're going to breathe into our hands so feeling our belly rise for a count of five 
to pause at the top for a count of five. And then breathe out through our mouth for a count of ten. And let's keep that going. So breathing in for five, feeling our belly rise. Pause at the top, keeping calm and still. And then breathe out through your mouth. It's really letting your shoulders drop. So letting go of any tension in your shoulders. So when we slow our breath down, our mind will follow. So we're just letting go of any tension in our body. And that happens every time you exhale. So as you breathe out for 10, maybe letting go of tension in your jaw, your face. And then continue to breathe in for five. Pausing for five. And out for 10. This time relax behind your eyes. Just letting go of any tension behind your eyes. So we're letting everything relax, letting our whole system calm down. We're taking this moment let go of any tension from a triggering event or that overactive thinking that stress response we're letting it all go as you breathe out and see if we can drop our shoulders even more as you exhale Do another breath in. So in for five. Pause for five. And out for ten. And now just let your breathing come back to a natural rhythm. In and out through your nose. And now we're feeling a little bit more calm. I'd like you to bring some awareness to your heartbeat. Feeling your heartbeat in your chest. So just feeling your heartbeat. You might even want to put your hands on your heartbeat. We're going to ask ourselves just a simple question. Almost like our reframing question. But something that will just allow us to shift our minds. We're going to ask ourselves, what would make today great? What would make today great? Maybe it's a feeling you wish to have. Maybe it's a person you want to speak to. What would make today great? And 
let's take another deep breath in for five. In through our nose, feeling our belly rise. Pause at the top for five. And slow out through our mouth for ten. Good. Now connecting back to our heartbeat. And we're going to ask uh, another question. I want you to think of three good things. Three good things in your life right now. Think of three good things. It might be the simple things like your warm bed or a comfy pair of shoes or the people in your life. And when we allow ourselves to kind of park our mind in the three good things, we let go of some of that stress or strain. So three good things, anything at all. And if your mind wanders, that's okay. Just bring it back to your heartbeat. Let's take another deep breath in. So in for five. Pause for five. Slow exhale through our mouth. I think we do one more of those. Let's do one more, final one. Deep breath in for five. Feeling your belly rise. Pause at the top. Keeping calm and still and then just letting go through your mouth, letting everything relax. And you can place your hands down and just notice how you feel. Notice if any difference in your body, your mind, in your breath. And just take a moment to say thank you to yourself for taking this moment for you. to release some tension and access. A better feeling in your body and mind. So when you're ready, you can now just start to wiggle your fingers and toes. Maybe just loosen your neck, pull it side to side. And Come back into your space. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. Oh, guys, I'm pretty emotional right now. <laughs> How are you feeling? Uh, I think I need a moment. <laughs> oh, that brought up a lot for me, Stuart. Shit. That's why it's real. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh. Don't be sorry. I'm not sorry. Yeah, give you yourself know. that moment to breathe. Don't hold your breath. 
I think that's a beautiful thing that it brought this. I think I needed it. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So sometimes it can bring up some emotion and um, when we give ourselves that space to feel and that's often what we shy away from because we have to be there, we have to be presentable, we have to be um, being a certain way. And when we actually just let ourselves pause and, and connect back to us, we can let go of some of that tension. So it's yeah. it's okay to feel emotional with um, by stopping and pausing and breathing. I know that technique was to kind of untrigger us, but sometimes <laughs> it, it, it can bring up things, especially when we think about the good things in life. We don't often pause and, and just pause and think, well, we often think about the negatives or what's next or... Um, Am I doing enough? Am I enough? And all these different negative questions are so easy for us to ask ourselves. And but by simply pausing and asking, oh, what would make today great? And that might just be, you know what, I'm gonna call my best friend and see what they're up to. Um and then thinking about the good things allows our our mind to go into a safe space. Um, because there's lots of good things in every day. And I know some days it doesn't feel like that. But when we access that and use our breath to access it, it can it can feel very real, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it felt very real. And I think there were moments of me holding it in a bit. And then I think when we stopped, it was just like, well, it's going to come. And these are just, these emotions are just going to be here. And I do think it is one of those things where even somebody like myself who feels like she is self-aware, you can get in a pattern of focusing so much on work and go, 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 that you think you take enough time, but then you stop and you do something like this where I am listening to you and I'm allowing myself to dive in fearlessly to those emotions that it can bring up tears. And I don't think tears are a bad thing. You know, like I feel very grateful for you. I feel <laughs> very, very grateful for you. Oh, thank and you so grateful much. for today. So thank you. Thank no, you. It's, it's such a pleasure. And it's, it's it's so nice to come on and share um, about breathing and breath work. And I think you said at the very beginning, it's this tool that is so accessible. It's so accessible. We can breathe. And that's like that hallelujah, hallelujah moment. <laughs> um, it's like, wow, I can stop and take a breath before I do something, say something I shouldn't, or before I um, get really stressed or before I feel um, this, this triggering come on, I can pause and take that moment. Just take yeah. a moment to breathe. And even in one breath cycle, we can calm ourselves down. Even in one of those, in for five, hold for five, out for 10. Um, it's kind of like my go-to. It usually comes with a phrase, if in doubt, breathe it out, uh, yeah. is what I, I badger out to everybody. Um, and it's super simple and effective um, way just to calm the nervous system, just to actually stop. We don't often stop. We, we're on that merry-go-round of life um, so, so fast-paced that taking that moment to pause is just so, so helpful. Well, I needed it. Now, normally, Stuart, I end it with three questions that tap into what make you you. But after this powerful, beautiful session, I've got to say, I think it's time for us all just to take a moment, connect, breathe and settle. 
You are wonderful. I enjoy you so much. Just listening to you here about something that you're so passionate about, but also being able to give that knowledge back why it's so important. I think today was a great example of reminding me to breathe and that maybe Haley needs to be doing some more breath work on a daily basis. Um, And that's what I'm going to be doing right after this. If anyone would like to join me, I'm probably going to head over to www.breathpod.me or you can also watch his, you know, sessions that he does, either decompression session on Radio One or head over to his socials at BreathPod to watch all of his wonderful sessions and learn more about it. But most importantly, probably jump into the practice, which is exactly what I'm going to be doing. Thank you for everything, Stuart. You are just wonderful, a delight and I can't wait to continue to learn more and to really make it into my daily practice from here on out. Uh, thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be here. And, and um, hopefully the listeners have got some useful tips and tricks as well to, to add to their own tool belt. I definitely think they have. And if you're looking to continue the conversation around living an unapologetically authentic lifestyle, then this podcast is just for you. Our goal is to build a community in which you feel empowered to celebrate you by hearing inspiring stories of ownership to self, to always remember to lead with the three M's, that's mindfulness, movement, and mental engagement. You've got this, and we're here to support you along the way. So be sure to subscribe, download so you don't miss an episode. And remember, it's okay to not be okay in your journey to become grounded in the power of you. Now, some of the topics we discussed today may have been triggering. So if you're in need to speak to a crisis counselor, please text home to 741-741 or head over to projecthealthyminds.com slash guide to find mental health resources based on how you're feeling or what you're going through. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Haley Hasselhoff, Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan Dematty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horenigay, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the host and the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or an entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.